back to On the Block with Strick and Nate on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to On the Block. A very happy Wednesday to all of you. My name is Nate Brennan. He is Eric Strickland. The Husker Hall of Famer, nine-year NBA vet. Going to be giving away a signed photo later on in the show, so make sure to stay tuned. Going to have a little trivia. Strick's got a pretty cool photo, too. We still don't know what year because we can't see the shoes. But It's got to be in the shoes. It's got to be in the shoes. When you were on the Mavericks. So when Strick was on the Mavericks, we're going to give away a see, I might be able to tell by the haircut. That could have been 98. Did you get some some different haircuts? could have been. Always kind of had the clean cut. I did at one time have braids. Oh, really? I don't know if I can I grew it out. Breaks. I was kind of just I was I was uh New York City frustrated and mm. just kind of grew it out and was like mm. So is that yeah, how you can man. tell people are getting frustrated if they start getting the braids? Because yeah, you see, Jimmy Butler did it. I was frustrated, yeah, bro. So Between frustrated. there and Vancouver, it was like uh, well, yeah, I know I you like, didn't like Vancouver. Then I shaved it off when I went to Boston. There you go. Yeah. You know, you got the clean cut look. It looks good. Uh 402-464-5685. Saturday even text line Honda Lincoln Hotline. We want to hear from you as always. And right now we're going to hear from Evan Bland from the Omaha World Herald. Evan, how many hairdos or haircuts have you gone through in your life? <laughs> uh, you know, not a ton. There was a time, you know, I, I was uh, in high school in the early 2000s, so I I did dabble in the frosted tips oh, uh, nice. for a short time. That didn't last as <laughs> as that fad didn't last um and you know now i'm i'm in my mid-30s and i knew i was going to go kind of grayish white early mm-hmm. and so i'm just sort of leaning into it like I, I thought about coloring it once upon a time um so uh, you know I, I suppose i keep it short keep it simple and uh just kind of roll from there yeah it's kind of a shame now that uh i'm on tv which i guess unfortunate for me because i had a mullet and i was going to grow the mullet back out but unfortunately my contract i'm not allowed to get a mullet so we're going to be sticking with a little bit more of the clean cut look uh evan bland omaha world herald joining us evan we got a soundbite that we played earlier i want to go ahead and play it for you just to kind of get your thoughts i'm going to play it now it's it's yesterday it's mark whipple you've probably heard it but we want to get your thoughts on so i'll play it right now for you best thing about last week not going back when I walked in at halftime, the look in their eyes on offense, and we played terrible, and I did a bad job coaching all that, and we're bad on third down, was there wasn't, like, woe was me. It was, hey, I said, we're going to take the ball, second half, here's the plays, we're going to go down and score, and the game will be changed right there, and we're going to win the game. And that's it. And, and uh, they all believed in it, and that's a credit to Mickey and to the offensive coaches and all the guys that way. Sometimes you go into, like, a little bandbox box locker room like they had and you can't see anybody it's like junior high but they, they kind of get they're closer together and everything else and so that's when you went on the road it can it can really help you and I'm, I'm you know we're looking forward to playing Purdue who's got a really really good football team. Evan after hearing that and knowing what Nebraska's gone through kind of in particular the Scott Frost era uh, what's your kind of initial thoughts from that? Well, yeah, I mean, I think he's right, and and I've actually asked some different players uh, sort of similar questions this week where it's like, man, if you've been around this program for, you know, a couple years, three, four years, like what's going on right now is about as high as the belief has been, right? I mean, you go back to 2018 when they beat Illinois and Michigan State in consecutive weeks, um, you know, I, I suppose that's really the only 
point of comparison because otherwise they just haven't been able to string together wins against Big Ten teams the way that they have now. So I think that's one of the interesting sort of things about this weekend is how much is momentum worth? How does that carry over? Um, you know, does, does like cause I think you see it every year where there's like a, a handful of teams in college or pro where like maybe you have the right kind of sort of combination of opponents to start off or things go your way early and then things just sort of snowball and it manifests and, and people believe and they buy into whatever the message or the strategy is and it goes from there. And so we haven't seen that at Nebraska in a long time where now they're, they're winners of two straight, they're double-digit underdogs at Purdue. But like right now, like you talk to those guys on defense, they believe. Like they <laughs> pitch in consecutive shutouts in the second half the way they did against yeah. Indiana and Rutgers. Like they, they're bought into what's going on, and I think there's some value in that. But I'll be curious, you know, how much of that has been maybe the opponent, um, you know, considering the, the level of offenses that they've faced, and how much of that is uh, just figuring some things out and tapping into the ability that was already there and, and sort of taking that to the next level. So, I mean, it was a common refrain all week that, um, you know, that win at Rutgers is ugly as it was at, at one at different points. I mean, it was a win. And those are situations Nebraska has not found itself on the positive end of, I mean, in years, literally. So for them to do that was a big step forward. And I'll just be curious to see, I think, as Mark Whipple said, um, you know, how that translates to a better opponent again on the road at Purdue. Evan, let's let's stay there because one of the things that this uh, Purdue team is going to pose, we, we've been continuously talking about the progression of the schedule mm-hmm. that has brought it to this point, and this is probably the best passing offense that they're going to see outside of an Ohio State. Uh, Michigan will pose a different type of balance uh, for them, um, and – what would be the approach do you think that the defense would be looking for this particular game? Is it would you say an aggressive standpoint because you do have to get pressure on on uh, Aiden O'Connell, but also, or would you say more of a bend but don't break type of uh, a defensive approach? What what would you see because the running game is obviously needs to be stopped. You cannot allow this team who does not run the ball right. to have a hundred plus yards. That would be dangerous. So, so what what do you think would be the probably the best approach in this in this particular game? Yeah, it's a good question because you know we kind of have a sense of what Purdue has been under Jeff Brom. Like you said, they're going to pass a lot. They're really creative with it. Brom has earned his reputation as one of the better play callers in college football. Uh, you look at what they've done this year; they're actually a little bit better in the running game than they have been. Typically, they're like last in the Big Ten. Uh, in terms of what they do on the ground, but this year, uh, you know, a little bit better. You have to respect that part of their game a little bit more. I think, you know, when you talk about what Nebraska has to do, I would use the context clues that we've gotten the last two weeks, where especially as it as it uh, comes to, to defending the pass, like they've been a lot more aggressive under Bill Bush, like uh, in terms of press man coverage. They're not uh, given those five or ten yard cushions and allowing teams to sort of nickel and dime you all the way down the field. So I would anticipate that they'd be pretty aggressive um, in that way. I, I think, you know, we heard from Ty Robinson earlier this week on the D-line who said, you know, we gotta, we got to stop the, the run first and, and earn the right to rush the passer. But they feel like they've, uh, you know, sort of figured some things out in terms of just being able to, to, to cut loose. That was sort of the big thing with Ty Robinson specifically, cut loose and get after it. And so 
I think there's some confidence there. And then just the other things that the defense has worked on, right? Getting set quickly. Uh, so, so your feet are set and, and you're ready to roll. Like those are not getting lost sort of in the calls and the minutia of the moment, but just playing football. And so I think that's probably where you start with Nebraska. Um, you know, I, for what it's worth, I think the Huskers have done a pretty good job against Purdue over the last three or four years uh, in terms of stopping kind of what they do and, and generally staying home. You know, I think of Cam Taylor Britt and some of the big games he's had against some of, uh, you know, some pretty good Purdue receivers over the years. And, you know, guys like David Bell are gone, but you've got Charlie Jones on that side who's a big playmaker for Iowa. Purdue. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they do it. I, I, though I would, again, anticipate that they're going to be pretty aggressive. And I think if you're Nebraska, you're going to live with getting burned a couple of times maybe, um, if that also means that that aggressiveness uh, translates into a couple of takeaways. Evan Blaine, Omaha World Herald, joining us. Evan, you mentioned the double-digit underdog. Um, from what you've gathered and what you've heard from players, coaches, do you think this underdog mentality or kind of the position that they're in right now, 13-and-a-half-point <clears throat> underdogs on the road, do you think that's a good spot for Nebraska to be in and, and maybe create a little bit of a chip on their shoulder? Yeah, I don't think it can hurt. Um, you know, as much as this program's been through the years, it's hard to – find a lot of situations where they would be the favorites or where they would feel like they could just go out there and dominate. Like it's just, there's too much parody. There's, there's too much talent, especially in the big 10 for that to be the case. But, you know, I I do get the sense that they're locked in on what matters. You know I mean? Even this week, a couple of questions again about the defense, um, you know, guys were asked about black shirts and and when those are coming back and if they've come back and it really, I mean, their response was kind of like, no, I mean, that's not even like on, on our radar. We're, we're trying to think about, you know, produce schemes and, and what we can do to stop them and, and, you know, play well. So like it feels and it sounds like their thoughts and their heads are in the right place, um, you know, with stuff on the field as opposed to sort of the, the, the extra ancillary stuff off of it. And so, you know, double digit for, for what it's worth to me, I thought that that was a bit, of a, of a big spread. You know, I thought it'd be maybe seven, eight yeah. point difference, something like that. 13 and a half is a lot. So I don't know that, um, you know, that that's necessarily reflective of the talent gap between these two teams, but you know, again, Nebraska hasn't performed well when it's been the favorite in these situations and maybe it can reverse it and go the other way. And, and, you know, I, I've talked about this with colleagues too. I mean, it, it feels like very rarely is Nebraska in the situation where it has nothing to lose, right? Like there's always the pressure on them to win, even if they're not the better team. And and it feels like maybe they're starting to shake a little bit of that this week where you can play free and you're not yeah. necessarily expected to win just because, hey, it's Purdue on the other side. I think there's a healthy respect there and maybe that'll serve them well. Evan, let's turn offensively. Um, some of the things that I think in, in listening to Whipple in that comment, we, 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 I think we all feel the same, but I also want to say, do do you, would you say they need to be more creative? I mean, um, Anthony Grant had a struggle in this last game. You know, Purdue would probably pose some of the same uh, type of problems there. Do you think maybe getting Anthony Grant a little bit more involved in the pass game, into the screen game, um, would would maybe help alleviate some of the pressure uh, with the trouble of the offensive line at this point? Well, yeah, maybe. I mean, I one thing that Whipple said today that caught my attention was when he was explaining his uh, fourth and one call to pass it there late in the third quarter when they're on the Rutgers 27, and, and he laid out a few different reasons why they did that. But one of them was 
they wanted to protect Anthony Grant. They felt like uh, when you look at the workload that he's had over the last couple weeks, you're talking more than 50 carries, uh, you know, a handful of, of catches. He had that hit on the Rutgers uh, defender that laid him out on the sideline there uh, that everyone remembers. So, like, he's he's taken a physical toll, and you still got half of your season left. So I think – you know, you have to be selective maybe a little bit with what you do with, with Anthony Grant, and that's probably where you miss A.J. Allen a little bit with the injury that he had that, that ended his season with the collarbone. He was really looking like a serviceable number two running back there. Um, so they've been a little light. Uh, I, I think that's part of it. And then when you talk about creativity with the offense, I mean, to me, it, it's the, the conversation is more about how do you protect your quarterback with, with an offensive line that just – going on two years now has not been a good pass blocking team and so you know you don't want to be dropping back uh, your quarterback 40 times and and you know him getting hit 20 I mean that's that's just a recipe for injury and 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 chaos and turnovers and things like that so um, you know to me it's about how do you how do you get the ball out of Casey Thompson's hands quickly in a creative way whether that's some sort of a draw or a screen or you know, whatever else it might be, I don't think you have the full, you don't have the luxury of the full range of creativity that maybe a, you know, a, a top end offensive line could be. So play to their strengths, which is, you know, they're an average, I think maybe slightly above average run blocking unit. So, so lean on that a little bit more. Um, but I think as we saw with Rutgers, you can't just rely on the traditional, you know, three or five step drop sort of plays with any consistency and when you look at nebraska's schedule in the second half i mean every single one of these defenses is good and and, and a few of them are really good like top 10 sort of good when you talk about michigan and iowa and even minnesota so i think that's kind of where it has to come for me is uh be creative but in the sense of making sure some of your top playmakers stay healthy It'll certainly be interesting because up to this point, Purdue has not given up a 100-yard rusher. Hopefully that changes. Evan, we could talk to you all day about Nebraska football, but unfortunately we're running out of time. We know you're a busy man, but if people want to get more great content from you heading into the game against Purdue, how can they do so? Yeah, same as always on Twitter, uh, at Evan Bland, O-W-H, Omaha.com, HuskerExtra.com. We have content on a, on a couple different uh, platforms there, and uh, you know, we'll be, we'll be gassing up and heading out to West Lafayette this weekend, yeah. so it should be another adventure. Awesome. Evan, we appreciate you. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. All right, there he goes. Evan Bland, Omaha World Herald. Great stuff, as always. And like I said, we could talk to him all day about this because there's so many different storylines going into this one. Um, but it, it'll certainly be interesting, and it'll be entertaining because, like I said, Purdue has yet to give up a 100-yard rusher. Nebraska certainly going to try and get Anthony Grant going in this one. we got to take a quick break. Shootout with Strick is next. The champ is here. Your chance to win $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings is on the line. All you got to do is call 402-464-5685. Honda Lincoln Hotline. We'll play Shootout with Strick next right here on The Block.